Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode. My name is Sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from Amsterdam. They are evil, they are ugly, and we should all be afraid of them. We have learned that from fairy tales like Hansel and Gretel. But what if witches were never the bad ones? What if they were, in fact, the victims of the story? Jente Postuma and Brechia Hofstede have been working on the topic of witches and witch trials for a while now, and they know that witch hunts are by no means only a thing of the past. Welcome, Jente Postuma. Thank you. And welcome, Brechia Hofstede. Happy to be here. Let's maybe start with the educational part. For those who don't know, what are the witch trials? When did it happen and who were the victims? Well, the witch trials started in the Renaissance. We, we associate them often with the Middle Ages, but actually they came after. Um, and the, they peaked around, I think, 1550, 1560. And I think the last woman in Europe was killed for being a witch at the, in the late 18th century. So they, they lost it for quite a long time. And they claimed a lot of lives throughout Europe. It's not clear how many exactly. Some of the um, estimations uh, go around 100,000, some are a bit less, but um, the archives are incomplete, so we don't really know. Um, and the victims were mostly women. About 80% of those accused and about 85% of those convicted were women, um, usually older women. But it's it's a diverse group. It's hard to say, you know, any particular kind of person was a witch. Yes, because I think at the height of the witch trials, so around 1560, anyone could be uh, persecuted. Uh, there were there were chain persecution persecutions where all almost whole villages were were killed. Yeah, so if your mother or your your sister was accused of being a witch, there was a, a good chance that you might, you know, it spread like wildfire at some point. And there were villages, I think, especially in Germany, where there was just one single woman left alive. What was the, the base of this? In my mind, it's some sort of mass hysteria based on religious ideas, believing in, in the devil, that these women were somewhat connected with the devil. But was it really religion? Or was it just like a very good excuse for misogyny that was just in the society? Yeah, I think that's where people's opinions uh, differ. But I think the, the, the base of it was just plain fear and fear of the devil. There was a um, still a big belief in magic and um But fear of the devil projected onto women. So uh, there was a misogynist undercurrent. Um, I think an, an interesting theory to me is that this happened, you know, in, in an age of Renaissance and Enlightenment. You know, 
supposedly a race, a, a, an age where rationality was brought to the fore. But uh, the theory is that this led people to, you know, to, to ask new questions about their faith. Could they prove the existence of God? And the easiest way seemed to be, you know, to prove the existence of the devil, because if there is a devil, then logically there would also be a God. And witches were supposed to be, you know, consorting with the devil, dancing with him, fornicating with him. So if you could catch people who were witches, then you had some kind of proof for this religious belief. But I think religion tends to be used for the, you know, the darkest drives, as well as the most, you know, soulful, enlightened drives of, of mankind. And there was already, and had been for centuries, a, a kind of dark misogynistic undercurrent in the western culture and it was believed that women were more emotional and more sexually insatiable so they were more horny all the time and therefore really easy prey for the devil so they couldn't resist him and they became witches and this was a kind of huge i don't know theory with little base no basis in fact and it was allowed to spread or it was um it could spread at such a pace because there had just been this new medium invented the printing press and um the big you know witch witch hunters handbook so to speak the the hammer of witches the malayus maleficarum uh, was one of the first bestsellers it was inc incredibly popular at the time so this allowed this idea of women as witches and how to catch them to spread immensely rapidly um which then led to the kind of mass hysteria which claimed so many lives and i think this is also one of the reasons why this topic is still so relevant today because we also live in an age where there's new media allowing the spread of misinformation at dizzying paces um and there's also still undercurrents where we point at certain groups in society and blame them for things and the combination of these two elements is quite frightening and you know it's still quite it's it's not un unimaginable that the same kind of hysteria takes hold today it's interesting that you also mentioned that that sexual part because when i think of how like images of witches or cartoons or movies I get this this visual of like them dancing around the fire and whatever they do, they're always naked. <laughs> is this just in my mind? <laughs> is this actually something that we that we see? I think there's also this movie, The Witches of Eastwick, and they were also like really presented in a very sensual, very sexual way. Well, it's a lovely excuse for a visual artist, you know, just to have naked women. Um, there's certain topics in Western art which are very popular because they allowed you to show a naked woman like the rape of lucretia or something from roman um, from roman times um but it was also a nice way to underline this sexual appetite this dangerous sexuality of women and you you have two versions there's the, the old hag who's depicted as something grotesque and then there's young you know young women with lots of soft flesh going about their dancing and broomstick riding within, you know, suggestive poses. So, yeah, it was hugely popular as a topic in, in, in art history. Yeah. 
But it's funny, I just think you said uh, it was a very misogynist time and, and you spoke about the, the book Maleus Maleficarum and uh, the writer of it, uh, he, he's, he, his arguments for proving that women are more uh, weak of character and he, he took it all from, from old Greek myths. He used a lot of... Uh, Greek mythology to prove his point. So uh, this, yeah, misogyny is obviously of old times. Uh, it was already then, um, already in in um, old ages, women were already uh, depicted as the weaker, the easily more easily prey to to the to evil. Yeah, and as a, as a force of chaos, uh, as opposed to like a mas masculine order. So th this this fear, obviously, yes, it's true what you what you're saying, Jente. It it, it predates the witch hunts by many many centuries. You are both now busy with topics and activism around witches. Do people think that you are witches? Do they usually ask if you can do magic or if you're <laughs> somewhat associated with the devil or black magic or something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yes, does anyone ask you this? Um, yeah, in interviews, people have asked me if I am a practicing witch um, and I'm, I'm not. But I'm not as deeply into the activism as, as Brechtje is, I think. I, but... Of course, I wrote a book about it, so I am uh, very interested in the subject and I've uh, researched the subject, but uh, I'm not what you would call a modern witch. But I do find it very interesting, uh, not especially the practice of uh, witchcraft. Um, that's not really my thing. It's also the, the aesthetic of it and the the... the specific rituals that don't really appeal to me, but the wisdom behind it that you don't see on social media or, but the, the, yeah, the, the, that's, that's very um, interesting. And it was also a bit, yeah, to me, it was eye opening because I, I didn't know much about witches when I started writing my book. I think I'm pretty much on the same page. I'm not, I don't call myself a witch. I don't, Uh, really feel drawn to the aesthetics and the kind of you know the merchandise going going with it on Instagram you know and but I am very interested in the ideas behind it I mean there's a kind of sense that we're as as western people we're looking around saying okay we're we're in deep shit what, what can we turn to what kind of wisdom can we turn to um traditional Christianity has lost its charm for many people, not not in the least part, because the church, the, the organized religion, has um, misbehaved so profoundly. And it's it's an interesting idea to then say, well, there was something before Christianity. Can we go back to it? Is there a kind of wisdom which which is about connection to the rest of nature, which is about the land, um, which we can reach out to? And that's really interesting to me, but I think that much of what I see as modern witchcraft, you know, being advertised and advocated for today just doesn't go far enough. 
it's it's a kind of sprinkling of um, purple and um, pentagrams. Which, like the Disney, the Disney version. Yeah, of the it. Disney version, yeah. the commercialized version, which is to me just a new variety of capitalism and doesn't yeah. really get us very far. So I can't really, you know, I can't, I can't share that. I can't, I can't identify. But I do think that the direction of thought is really, really promising and interesting. Especially now in, in times of, of climate crisis, uh, it's very healthy, I think, to, to look at the world less, uh, to, to put humankind less in the center and look more at how we are connected to nature. Yeah, I, w- I would just like to add something to this, because there's in, you know, Starhawk, the American witch in, in the reclaiming tradition, uh, she says that f- to her, you know, nature is sacred the earth is sacred which is an interesting starting point to you know repair your human connection to nature and for her therefore an a spiritual act of witchcraft would be to clean up the mess that people leave at a pretty uh, site in the woods that's interesting to me that's that's viable before you started working on this topic what was your idea of a witch, I assume it was very much influenced by fairy tales and Disney. For me, it was yes. <laughs> um, well, no, they, I I knew very little about it. So my two images I had of of witches were on the one side the caricature of the old ugly uh, woman with the big nose, um, and on the other side the. Well, it's actually also a caricature of the modern witch. So uh, women who who wear uh, long dresses and are barefoot and have long hair and, and do rituals in the moonlight. And uh, there probably are modern witches like that, but uh, there's more to, to it, of course, than just that, that ritual or that look. But for me, it it didn't appeal to me at all because I had this superficial, stereotypical idea so for me, reading about it and about history, uh, of course, I knew that in the 16th century, the witches that were killed were not these uh, stereotypical typical figures, but uh, it was pretty um, yeah, eye-opening to me to, to actually read about history and, and the theories that exist about this. Well, I, I think that for me, the witch, witch trials and the witchcraft was really kind of almost a fairy tale and I didn't really have any knowledge of the historical fact of the witch hunts and the scale at which they took place and the gruesome details of how people were tortured and how they were targeted and how um, the torture they were subjected to was intensely sexual for instance it was it was really shocking to me to 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 it was made real to me when I read some of some of the historical documents and I was profoundly shocked as for modern witches. I think I had a a similar, a similar kind of um, stereotypical image um, of just people, you know, going a bit soft around the edges and uh, doing a lot of mumbo jumbo about connection to the universe, which I couldn't really, because I love, language and I love 
precise language. I, I, it was hard for me to make any sense of that at all until I'd you know, actually had something in my own experience to compare it to and to say, oh, maybe this is what they mean by their you know, rather vague phrasing. Um, so I, I have, the, the modern witch has grown more sympathetic to me, um, especially since I've actually encountered and befriended modern witches. It's, it's a kind of making real of both the historical um, witch hunts and the modern witch as a, as a living, breathing, um, complex um, figure. For the people in the audience who do not know, let's quickly talk about your work individually. What is Het National Hexamonument? Uh, it's the, a national monument for... Um, Witchcraft persecution victims, so for national monuments to um, remember uh, the, the, the period of the witch hunts, which doesn't exist yet. There is no such national monument in the Netherlands, but we've um, brought together a group of mostly women who uh, act advocate for, for the existence of such a monument because we believe that, firstly, this is, I think, the last huge historical massacre which we still make fun of um we don't tend to take it seriously and if you dare to suggest that um terrorizing women on such a big scale i mean especially women there were also men but especially women um will have impact which will resonate down the generations you know people get really angry if you suggest such a thing but i think that's um It's a, hist it's a chapter in, in our history which we should take seriously and we should take warning and we should show some awareness and some respect. So we are campaigning for uh, this uh, monument and we did so by organizing uh, in June of this year um, a moment where in, I think, 13 different cities around uh, the Netherlands we placed white flowers at the same time, simultaneously on... Uh, in locations where people were burnt as, as witches or killed as witches or persecuted as witches. Um, and by doing so, we raised uh, some, you know, media coverage and a lot of money to bring this monument closer. So we're still, um, without looking for um, a place, a location, um, and we, need, we still need to make a, some more money to, to realize this monument. What is Hex, Hex, Hex? Uh, that's the book I wrote. It's um, my third book. It's a retelling of three old Dutch uh, folk tales that has a lot of witches as characters. Um, and uh, so it's three folk tales and an essay. I end the book with an essay about um, how the writing of these stories or the retelling of these stories affected me personally and uh, it's also about different historical interpretations uh, about the witch hunts but the three stories I retold were take place in the east of Holland um, they were yeah they're stories that originate from the I think 14th 13th 14th century Uh, maybe a little later, and were were written in 
1914. They were written down. There was they were published in a book, and I was asked to retell them to make the modern version of it. Um, and I was uh, immediately interested in the which characters in the story. So I I wrote mostly from their perspective, um, and they were all in the original stories older evil ugly women like again the 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 caricature the cliche and i try to make more um well i for me they they weren't witches so in my stories there actually there are no witches <laughs> they were just being um seen as witches there was actually one story that really resonated with me I think it was the very first story, if I'm not mistaken, with the man that's completely obsessed with her beauty and he kind of forces himself on her and she fights back. And then mm -hmm. he actually is framing her for for being a witch. And I felt that it was really modern, that women are still taking the blame, even though of are forced to to take the blame in case of Uh, sexual violence or, or gender-based violence or any kind of assault in that sense. Mm -hmm. Did you have that in mind as well, that it was still a thing these days, unfortunately? Yes, yes, definitely. And oh, the whole interaction between the man and the woman in that story, uh, yeah, I also used some of my own experiences in, in, in uh, relating to men and trying to Uh, not be too confronting or not to be too outspoken. And it, when you are, yeah, you're in danger. You can be in danger. Or in this in this story, she is uh, definitely in danger. But it's it can feel as dangerous nowadays too to to be outspoken because you can get a lot of uh, hate and 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 uh, yeah, blame also from doing that. What I really like about that first story is that there's the woman, um, the heroine is, you know, a bit older. I don't know how old, but you know, in her forties or fifties. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but she's, you know, willful, competent, minding her own business. Um, and the the man is kind of um, intrigued, but he 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 feels he sh he couldn't be, shouldn't be attracted to a woman of that age. And therefore, she must be, you know, doing something to him, to ensnare Yeah, and him. he said he says at one point he says, "What does she? What does he thinks? What does this woman want from me?" Well, in fact, it's the other way around. He wants something from her, but yeah. uh, she just, and I she think... just wants to be left in peace. That's what she wants. <laughs> yeah, she's just helping him. Uh, she's just helping him making a fire because he's not uh, succeeding in that. Yeah, but and he's just he's um, confused by all the mixed emotions that happen inside him, and uh, he projects that onto her. So that's why he thinks, "What does she want from me? What? Who? Yeah." Yeah, I think that psychologically that was a really interesting moment, and it also cuts to the heart of I think why this blaming, this victim blaming, is still is still with us. Um, which is something I think at the core of the uh, the witch hunts. There were also, you know, just ways looking for a scapegoat in a, in a time of you know 
hunger and uh, sickness and overpopulation. What were the reactions that you got for your work and your activism so far? Well, this book, I just, Hex, 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 so Witch, Witch, Witch is an English title, um, was the first book I wrote about this subject. I wrote two novels before that. Um, and I noticed a big difference in the response I got from this book because um, it was more, well, it was, I wanted to say it was less personal, but it was still also uh, very personal, but but more uh, um Maatschappelijk, what's the English word for that? More. Uh, it was close to cultural criticism, I guess. Yeah, um, and maybe more outspoken for me. And I noticed um, a lot of, I got a lot of good response from uh, mostly women and women writers, which uh, felt very good because, um, yeah, this is a complicated um, subject for me, but. Writing for me is also a way to connect to the world because I have, before I started writing, I um, felt very disconnected and writing which, which, which made me feel even more connected because I got such warm responses from, from other writers. Uh, so I felt more like a part of a community of, or having a, even having a place in the world <laughs> um so that that was very um that was very nice i think that's that's very poetic that writing about women who are placed um outside of their communities by the accusation of being witches um writing about them had the opposite effect for you it brought you closer yeah yeah And yeah, it also brought me closer to myself by writing this essay and 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 researching the subject and and also um, recognizing some of the themes that played in history and that still play now, like fear of speaking out, fear of um, being visible. It's it's comes very close to home for me. It's very that's a fear I I. Yeah, that's a big theme in my life. Maybe you can also hear it from my <laughs> the way I talk now. For I'm always looking for words and not finding them. Um, and I don't know why I uh, chose to be a writer when that's my problem, but I think there's a reason for that. But um, I also got criticism for this book because um, I write about a few historical interpretations of the witch hunts and the feminist reading of the history. And um, there were a few articles about that tried to uh, prove me wrong in a kind of a mansplaining way <laughs> that uh, I, for instance, there was a, a very long article uh, that tried to explain history The man who wrote it tried to explain history again. It, it had that kind of tone, like the mansplaining tone. It started with a lot of uh, historical dates and, and trying to explain all over again that uh, witch hunts didn't have a misogynist um, origin. But if you would strip that article of all the decorum, of all the, the yeah, the, the 
throwing around with facts that had nothing to do with the subject, then he, the writer didn't have any arguments. I, I recognize this. I think this topic gets people really, really vexed because um, it's hard to uh, acknowledge that, yes, we do still have a fact, with, uh, a big problem with misogyny. We do still find it really hard to accept women who take their place in the world. We find it really hard to accept outspoken women um, and women who point and say, this this crime had a source. This It wasn't by chance that 85% of those killed were women. Um, and the, the root of that problem, we still haven't, we have, still haven't dug it up. We still haven't dealt with it. It just, it gets people mad. It gets mostly men mad, but sometimes women who find it more comfortable to say, you're being hysterical. Nobody we know has ever been accused or burnt as witches. That's a long time ago. Don't whine. Uh, that's that's a lot easier. It's, the argument is also often that there were also men that were being accused of of, of being a witch, but yeah, of, which is that was a, and yeah. usually they were married to someone, a, a woman accused of a witch, or they were the daughters or the sons of someone accused of being a witch. It was very often collateral damage, and even if it wasn't in all cases, still the the lion's share were women so it's it's just really hard to i've never seen anyone um convincingly explain this fact it's and if you look at the 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 books which were written at the time the pamphlets who which are all extremely you know extremely misogynistic and just pointing at women saying they are witches because they're stupid and weak it's just how do you how do you <laughs> It's 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 this this deep need to to have an explanation which has nothing to do with misogyny or in which misogyny takes no role whatsoever is extremely telling and revealing in my eyes. And it's always played in this way. You haven't done your homework. You do not know your facts. In fact, we have all done our homework. We know our facts. We've read the history books. Um, it's just it's it's a really solid argument and i've never seen anyone demolish it in an, in a convincing way did you learn anything about it at school because speaking for myself i definitely did not i learned about it at university but those were classes that i voluntarily took because i was interested in that topic and if you didn't learn anything why do you think that is because we learn about other tragedies, rightfully so, like the world wars, colonial past, not as much, but I feel like it's still a bit more on the radar than witch trials. You think? Yeah, I'm a bit older than you, and I didn't learn much about colonial uh, history, the, 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 the bad side of it, uh, a lot. I didn't learn uh, a lot about slavery and how uh, these things went, and you're right, not about witch trials either. Me neither. I think it's in my in my memory, we mostly learned about, you know, how we got where we are now, but in in, in a positive way, you know, how we conquered the seas as 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 the Dutch people and got rich. And you know yes. the fact that we broke a lot of backs and you know, 
killed a lot of people getting rich wasn't really addressed a lot. And I hope that that's different now, but it, it, that was no, it's not. It isn't. I, even now, because my son is 10 years old, so he's in primary school still, but they they were in history class or they had a history lessons about um, the VOC, so the Dutch in East India Company. And it was all about how brave and adventurous and, and he came home with a song and he sang a song about that. And they covered the, the killing and the suppressing of people and the slavery a little bit, but the most most of it was about the heroic um, side of it. Yeah, we treat history like a family picture album. You just you know do the p- pictures of the birthday candles, and all the rest of it we leave out. So the, the witch hunts definitely fall in the category of all the rest of it, which we would like to forget. But isn't it also because uh, when we talk about witch hunts, because it is about women and it's just considered less of a historical interesting topic maybe i think so i think if we if we'd seen uh, tens of thousands of men you know killed in horrific ways butchered um because of um because they were considered heretics which is actually you know really really close to being considered a witch I think that more would have been made of it. More, it would have been more of a kind of heroic death for free speech or something like that. And and if you now come close to framing the women killed then for you know being perhaps too outspoken or you know sticking their head above the above the the field in some kind of way, you get accused of misrepresentation and you know they weren't proto-feminists. They were just they were just unlucky. I think I think there would have it would have been easier to place a kind of heroic spin on it if these had been men. This is my but it's improvable. You cannot prove this. You cannot, you know, do the witchcrafts again and then have have men die in in reverse proportion to women. Uh luckily you can't, but that's my hunch. It's a bit like maybe it's a far stretch, but it's a bit I I'm, I'm in my uh, late 40s so i'm i'm pre-menopausal and i went to the doctor and what i i've read a lot about it and how you can uh, hormonal therapy and stuff like that and i noticed that the doctors don't know much about it or their knowledge about it is very um uh, uh after the fact or old it's it's not uh yeah outdated and uh, i was thinking if men would would go go in menopause they probably would know so much more about it. It's it's just like with a contraceptive pill, you know. That's it's we 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 have all that we need. I mean, it's really easy uh, to have a contraceptive pill for men, but the risk is that they might suffer some kind of you know effect in their uh, libido, which is also the same, which is true for women as well. But you know, for for us, it's okay. Well, just deal with it. Um, the exact same um, problem that that women are experiencing and have experienced for, for for decades is enough of a problem to just say we we will never we can't do this we can't give men the contraceptive pill because they oh my god their poor libidos would suffer a little bit uh, it's I think it's hard for people still to take women's problems as seriously as they take men's problems and it's also very hard to see women's problems as human problems 
instead of just women's problems. We yeah, keep it's something it, we, universal. Yeah, we we can't seem to really, really, really get to the status of full human being in some way. Yeah, and I feel like when when there are actually women that are trying to raise the topic of this this issue of women problems, the world is just acting like we are completely irrational for trying to raise this topic. Same as with the witch hunts that people just tell us, yeah, it's a thing of the past. Like, why are you whining about it now? Yeah, it's it's the same thing they said to um, people who who started the topic of, of um, intergenerational trauma caused by, by slavery. Slavery that ended later than, than the, the witch trials ended, but still uh, um, people were, were saying that it's so long ago, how can you still uh, be affected by that? Uh, it's ignorance and not wanting to face the dark side of yeah, being human maybe. From your perspective, do you think this femicide in the past still does have an effect on women nowadays? Or is this a bit of a, a stretch? What do you think? I do think that it has an effect. And meaning not not just this one instance, even it was even if it, if it took centuries and was really horrific. I mean you can imagine that if you see a woman, you know, at the stake, there's thousands of people watching, you're one of them. Her breasts are being cut off her and stuffed into her mouth before she's burned alive. This will make an impression and you will be sure to tell your daughters, pay attention, don't step out of line, this might happen to you. And, I mean, women are always being told, have been told for centuries to you know, keep their mouth shut and know their place. And the 19th century was actually a, a, a really bad century for women in that way. And it's very naive, I think, to, 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 to presume that once we've all decided, okay, men and women should be equal and we will no longer have different laws for, for women than we do for men, they can vote and so, and so forth. It's, it's naive to presume that all of that, what, what, which went before, all of that cultural baggage suddenly disappears. Poof, it's gone. It's, it's, there is a reason why women say that if you ask women what's the major thing holding you back is it work-life balance is it stress is it financial trouble is it they will say I'm playing small and why are they playing small because it feels so damn dangerous to be playing big and it is dangerous you'll be told you're arrogant you'll be told you're a bitch you'll be told you're bossy when you do when you exhibit behavior which in a, a young man would be fine even applauded because then you would be challenging or you would be smart or you would be, would be you know headstrong there's there's much less leeway given to women in our culture still and i think it's just incredibly na naive to 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 say that that has nothing to do with the centuries which went before us yes i well i completely agree <laughs> yes uh, but The way I approached it in my book is more personal, so I, I applied it to my myself and my writing struggles and my my struggles to to voice my opinion and um, because I was very touched when I researched uh, the subject to to read about how women how 
Yeah, I read the word, but it's a Dutch word. It's called brandstapelangst. Maybe you can translate it by fear of being burnt at the stake. It it really uh, touched me because I it's a, a fear I recognize. And um, but of course I have internalized the the way people in general or the male way of thinking. I will call it now. So when I think, when I feel this fear and, and when I read that word and I feel the fear and right away in my head, it goes like, yes, um, uh, how would you know it stems from, from, from that time? I mean, uh, you're just imagining that or you're projecting your own stuff on history. But I think there is uh, some sort of inner knowing that we all have uh, and that we are a bit cut off off from yeah a knowledge that is not rational that is good to to give more space in general not on i don't think it's a female knowledge it's just human knowledge that um we have lost because we are so much in our heads i also think it's really not that far-fetched because recently the Dutch female politician Sigrid Kaag resigned and on Twitter the hashtag Hexit so the combination Hex, Witch and Exit was trending so it is not like we are making this up this no, is she, still around. She was, she was called a witch all the time. There were even men with burning you know, sticks uh, surrounding her at some point it was really threatening. She was threatened with um, she was threatened so much that, um, with death and rape and so forth uh, that she actually decided it was safer to quit politics. So we've successfully chased the woman, the witch, um, from the house of power. And that's just, if for people, you know, saying that the, the witch hunts and all the psychology that goes with it is long behind us, just look, take a look at what we do to our female politicians. There's no woman in power who doesn't get called a witch at some point. It happens to Angela Merkel. It happens to, um, you know, the wicked witch of the of the of the left, um, um, uh, Clinton, Hillary Clinton. It happens all the time, and it's just such a powerful figure. Of, um, it's a very powerful way to, to to scare a woman. To just you just need one vowel, one word, one one word, witch, and there's such a load of. It's not an innocent word. No, it's not an innocent word. It's still working. The word is still working. What are sources, as in books, movies, podcasts, etc., that you can recommend if someone in the audience wishes to educate themselves a bit more? And I would like to start, if you don't mind. Uh, I recently read a book. I think it's either a teenage book or a young adult. It's called A Kind of Spark. It takes place in the UK and it is from the perspective of a young girl that is on the autism spectrum. And she learns about witch trials in school. And she thinks about how she, in if she had lived in the past, might have fallen victim to that mass hysteria because of being on the autism spectrum. And she becomes an activist to set up a local monument. And I thought that was a really, really good book. So I highly recommend it. Oh, that's nice. I'd like to read that. I would like to add um, uh, a book by a French journalist called Mona Cholet. Um, in, in French, it's called Sorcières, such as witches. And she uh, takes modern women and the kind of things that modern women get 
you know, bad feedback for like ha- having gray hair or getting old <laughs> or not having children. And she connects it in every instance to uh, the kinds of things that witches, uh, that, that were supposed to characterize witches. So she says that, look, look at these witch hunt, look at, look at the detail of them, look at the kinds of things that got you called or, you know, burnt as a witch. And those are still things that we're uncomfortable with if women do them today. So that was really, she, she really nicely makes the argument for the relevance of this history now. Hmm. Yeah, I read that book too. And I would like to add a documentary I saw on Netflix. Uh, it's called Beyond Men and Masculinity. Um, it's more about, it's not about witches. It's more about patriarchy and misogyny. Uh, where misogyny stems from and how patriarchy, how young boys suffer from patriarchy, how how both men and women, how it influences them. And but it's this documentary is uh, yeah mostly focused on men and how patriarchy doesn't do them any good either, and how the system, um, yeah simply said makes them hate women and how that works it's very interesting are there more projects planned in the netherlands to create awareness for this topic by yourself maybe or in general if you have knowledge of that not that i know of no for the moment we're um talking to um, municipalities who have offered or you know said that they were would like to host a national monument, but I don't know about any future public actions at the moment. No, me neither. <laughs> What are changes around the entire topic of witches, witch trials, witch hunts that you would like to see in the Netherlands or maybe in Europe? Yeah, I think mostly uh, it should start with education. Yeah, seriously studying the subject, having a broader uh not just academics but 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 primary school high school uh just a wider uh audience um know the ins and outs of history and and analyze it and see how it um influences us now and not joke about it how can people support you and your work people can support the um... Um, the creation of a national monument for witchcraft, or for for, for um, remembering the victims of the witch hunts, by donating on our website, which is nationalhexamonument.nl. So um, and just, and 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 read um, witch 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 uh, Yentes book. It's really really good and um, heartfelt and funny. It's it's it, you wouldn't say so from our conversation, but it's really funny. So that was that would be a really nice place to start. Well, maybe uh, also it sounds a bit cheap now, but I really mean it. Read uh, Brechtje's new book. It's called Oorsoep. It's not I I I have it here, but I I've only just started reading it, so I don't know uh, the ins and outs of it. But I think it's related to the subject. It's not about witches, right, Brechtje? But it's more about being connected. It, it is about. Trying to be connected to something bigger, and it's also about the psychology of playing small and wanting, wanting big. So yeah, it's it's definitely there's something something in it 
of the <laughs> of the whole witch witch history. Brechtje Hofstede, Jente Postuma, thank you very much and good luck with everything. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in and for supporting this podcast. If you want to support Amsterdamus even more, there are several options to do so. You can check out the Amsterdamus Facebook page and leave a review. Depending on which podcast app you are using to listen to this podcast, you can also rate Amsterdamus there with a five-star review. In Apple Podcasts, for example, it is possible. Of course, you can also follow Amsterdamus on Instagram. In case you would like to give me some feedback, or you know a person that needs to be interviewed for this podcast, you can send me an email. The email address is amsterdamuspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again and have a great day.